Chapter Eight of Half a Century by Jane Grey Swisshelm. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Fitting myself into my sphere, age twenty-two and twenty-three. During all my girlhood, I saw no pictures, no art gallery, no studio, but had learned to feel great contempt for my own efforts at picture making. A travelling artist stopped in Wilkinsburg and painted some portraits. We visited his studio, and a new world opened to me. Up to that time, portrait painting had seemed as inaccessible as the moon, a sublimity I no more thought of reaching than a star. But when I saw a portrait on the easel, a palette of paints, and some brushes, I was at home in a new world at the head of a long vista of faces which I must paint but the new aspiration was another secret to keep bard the wagon-maker made me a stretcher and with a yard of unbleached muslin some tacks and white lead i made a canvas in the shop were white lead lamp-black king's yellow and red lead with oil and turpentine i watched bard mix paints and concluded i wanted brown years before i heard of brown umber so i got umber and some brushes and begun my husband's portrait i hid it when he was there or i heard any one coming and once blistered it badly trying to dry it before the fire so that it was a very rough work but it was a portrait a daub a likeness and the hand was his hand and no other the figure was correct and the position in the chair and from the moment i began it i felt i had found my vocation what did i care for preachers and theological arguments what matter who sent me my bread or whether i had any what matter for anything so long as i had a canvas and some paints with that long perspective of faces and figures crowding up and begging to be painted the face of every one i knew was there with every line and varying expression and in each i seemed to read the inner life in the outer form oh how they plead with me what graceful lines and gorgeous colors floated around me i forgot god and did not know it forgot philosophy and did not care to remember it but alas i forgot to get bard's dinner and although i forgot to be hungry i had no reason to suppose he did he would willingly have gone hungry rather than give me any trouble but i had neglected a duty not only once did i do this but again and again the fire went out or the bread ran over in the pans while i painted and dreamed my conscience began to trouble me housekeeping was woman's sphere although i had never then heard the words for no woman had gotten out of it to be hounded back but i knew my place and scorned to leave it i tried to think i could paint without neglect of duty it did not occur to me that painting was a duty for a married woman had the passion seized me before marriage no other love could have come between me and art but i felt that it was too late as my life was already devoted to another object housekeeping it was a hard struggle i tried to compromise but experience soon deprived me of that hope for to paint was to be oblivious of all other things in my doubt i met one of those newspaper paragraphs with which men are wont to pelt women into subjection a man does not marry an artist but a housekeeper this fitted my case and my doom was sealed i put away my brushes resolutely crucified my divine gift and while it hung writhing on the cross spent my best years and powers cooking cabbage 
a servant of servants shall she be must have been spoken of women not negroes friends have tried to comfort me by the assurance that my life-work has been better done by the pen than it could have been done with the pencil but this cannot be i have never cared for literary fame have avoided rather than sought it have enjoyed the abuse of the press more than its praise have held my pen with a feeling of contempt for its feebleness and never could be so occupied with it as to forget a domestic duty while i never visited a picture gallery but i have bowed in deep repentance for the betrayal of a trust where are the pictures i could have given to the world where my record of the wrongs and outrages of my age of the sorrows and joys the trials and triumphs that should have been written amid autumn and sunset glories in the eloquent faces and speaking forms which have everywhere presented themselves begging to be interpreted why have i never put on canvas one pair of those pleading eyes in which are garnered the woes of centuries is that christianity which has so long said to one half of the race thou shalt not use any gift of the creator if it be not approved by thy brother and unto man not god thou shalt ever turn and ask what wilt thou have me do it was not only my art love which must be sacrificed to my duty as a wife but my literary tastes must go with it the husband is the head of the wife to be head he must be superior an uncultivated husband could not be the superior of a cultivated wife i knew from the first that his education had been limited but thought the defect could be easily remedied as he had good abilities but i discovered he had no love for books his spiritual guides derided human learning and depended on inspiration my knowledge stood in the way of my salvation and i must be that odious thing a superior wife or stop my progress for to be and appear were the same thing i must be the mate of the man i had chosen and if he would not come to my level i must go to his so i gave up study and for years did not read one page in any book save the bible my religious convictions i could not change but all other differences should disappear mother moved to the city in the spring of eighteen thirty eight and my health was rapidly failing i had rebelled against my mother-in-law returned her supplies and refused to receive anything from her this brought on a fearful crisis in which my husband threatened suicide but i was firm and he concluded to rent the mills and take me away this he did his father lived but a few months and died on the second anniversary of our marriage he lies buried in the ground he donated as god's acre with only this inscription at his head john swisshelm aged eighty-six no sign that he was one of the world's heroes yet when our revolution broke out his parents had but two children the oldest enlisted and was killed when john caught up his rifle took his place and kept it until the close of the war he spent the winter in valley forge and once in the darkest time discovered washington on his knees in a lonely thicket praying aloud for his country this gave him hope when hope was well-nigh dead and he followed his commander across the jerseys one of the two thousand who wrote in blood from their shoeless feet their protest against british rule on the soil they thus consecrated to freedom 
End of chapter 8